Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights. Here, uh, let's see, this will be Wednesday morning, episode 869. And I've got John Keating as a guest. We recorded it a little while ago, uh, not a while ago, a few days ago. But uh, I've entitled it Keating Questions 3.0. We've done several question episodes. He just, he just uh, is an enjoyable interview, except that I think I was the one being interviewed. So uh, he's, uh, we, we've, we've enjoyed the back and forth and he accumulated some questions. And so we let her rip and we, we kept going, but this is the, the third batch of these. Uh, he's got his own show, but he kind of saves up questions for me that uh, are not the same questions other people are asking. So I really uh, enjoy that. Thanks for your uh, forethought and insights, John. And uh, you're one of my uh, you know, frequent co-hosts. I think uh, you're you're never going to catch up on Rich Rich Klein, but uh, you know, really uh, enjoy uh, the episodes with you too. So thanks, sponsors: Tops, Panini, Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Hugs and Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Car. Comc.com and Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. So uh, again, it's just hard to <laughs> label them. If there is one theme, I would put that. But we bounce around a little bit, work off each other, and it's a uh, it's a good time. So uh, thanks, John. Thanks, listeners. Uh, this is the episode for today, this Wednesday, and I will be back again tomorrow on Thursday with another episode. So thanks, everybody, and see you tomorrow. Here it is. And the guys, you know, Rich was not the only guy. Rich is a one and only. But still, there were other guys that were super sharp as well. And we divvied it up among those guys. Getting on the show circuit, they were getting paid to do something that they really enjoyed. And they did a great job. And they were already tuned into what was going on. But it sharpened that fine tuning. Yeah. Passion, right? Passion's everything. You can hire passion, but I don't know if you can create it very well. Right. Yeah. Integrity as well. Yeah. In fact, you find inte- integrity and passion. Like the passion can defeat the integrity sometimes. <laughs> right. You right. get overly passionate and uh, nobody's looking. You know, they say once you stop drawing as a child, that's the level you draw at for the rest of your life. It's the same thing to me with collecting. I collected as a child and, and a teenager, and then that's how I collected. It, it stopped after that for many people. But if you grew up at a certain point, you had no option for a factory set. In fact, I can't tell you how many guys my age even though they collected card by card, have put aside a factory set for their grandkids. Right. Not thinking it's going to be exceptionally valuable necessarily, but... It's a time capsule, right? The problem is those factory sets, when you open them up, they're not in numerical order. I know. Yeah. It's a mess. And so yeah, I'm, and Don Ross would do the bricks of however many cards per, right? Yeah. Bricks. Uh, yeah. It's their prerogative, but yeah. it's the way they came off the sheet or off the line. I have all the sets from the 80s. We three of them are factory sets. The rest are still hand. Factory sets are no fun. As soon as you yeah. open them up, it's almost not a factory set. Anymore. It's just a box with cards in it, right? Yeah. In fact, I had a buddy that was selling his deceased brother-in-law's cards, and he had 40 or 50 sets. And he said, complete sets, I'd like to sell them. I knew the brother-in-law that's now deceased. I thought, I'm going to help this guy. He's a close friend. And I said, well, just give me the complete sets and I'll find a home for them. I'll get you half price, whatever. And they're from the 80s and the 90s and the 2000s. So they're not golden. Uh, right. Know. Anyway, I went through all the hand collated sets. They've all been stripped. Uh, so I'm glad I went through them before yeah. I passed uh, them off as, hey, I'm recommending this sale. That's elbow. Even you have to factory sets that have been opened, he pulled out the uh, 
found them, yeah. One, he pulled out Pujols and Ichiro and thinking it's hard to sell the rest of them without the big cars. And they're not worth the sum of their parts. Absolutely not when you take out the two or yeah. three cards. If you have some dead sets like that, let me know, because I have some gaps in the 2000s. So I don't care. I can get star cards anywhere. The problem is the postage kills Eight, eight bucks a pop to ship one. <laughs> I, I could give it to you for free, but unless you want to yeah. say a voucher for the postage. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Yeah. I just sent about 800 Jordan cards and top loaders to some guy, and I Arkansas. It only cost me eighteen bucks. I thought it was going to cost more. It was a pretty heavy box. So you put a flat rate. Well, it is. But here's what happened: is I bought these cards. I was up and down from New York last week. I bought thirty thousand nineties basketball cards a couple months ago. All the Jordans were gone, all stripped out. Right. So there's this guy near me who sells pretty much everything, not just cards and consignment and all that stuff. He had a a, a three row box of just Jordans and top loaders from the eighties and nineties. Tell the guy I'll give him $300 for it, right? So I came back a couple weeks later. He said, I'll take your offer. So I gave him $300. I pulled out the probably 400 Jordans that I needed out of there. According to the Beckett OPG, it's like 1500 bucks value. I was like, oh, that's good. That's worth it for me. Okay. Put a picture on Twitter, you know, buying this box. And I got these offers. And some guy in Arkansas said, I'll give you a thousand bucks for that. I said, okay. <laughs> So I paid three, got a thousand. Plus I have the 400 Jordans. There was a Jordan Finest in there, 87, 88 sticker, all sorts of good stuff in there. Your first question was, when's the last time you said, huh, I never knew that? Historically, over the years, recently, whatever. What did you mean by that? I meant more so historically, like this is 2022. When's the last time somebody schooled you on something in the hobby from the past, either the distant past or the very distant past about a set, about any kind of nuance? I know there's a lot of sets out there, but is there something about the hobby historically that you just learned recently that kind of like, oh, I never knew that? One of my best friends is a guy that talks about how, because I said, well, you really impact a lot of people and you really help a lot of people. And he said, well, I don't really come up with anything original, but I just remind people of things they already know that are truth and how they're living their life. I think that applies to me in that sense. I don't think that I've had very many instances where people came up to me and told me something I didn't know. It's that they reminded me of something I'd forgotten all about. Them. I okay. used to know it. What I know is in the annual price guides and in the magazines. I try to be a know-it-all, John. I just don't know it all. I don't want to make it look like that's never happened, but more often than not, it's about them reminding me. When Mike Moynihan and Dave Berg, Blue Jacket 66, did their episode of the 48-49 Leaf, which is probably 49 Leaf. I'm not completely disagreeing with Dave on that. It caused me to go back to those days, not to 49, but to the early 70s when I was talking to guys that were there that were talking about that stuff. And I actually collected the set. I thought, well, you know, that's reminding me. I'm going back deja vu to what it was like then. So it's not like they told me something. Hey, I never knew that. It was that, you know, why haven't I expressed that, that I did know that, but there's so much out there. That's one of the reasons I'm doing this podcast, because I'd like to expand the knowledge. And I'm very open to learning more stuff. But a lot of times they're asking me questions about things that I originally researched or put in my price guides. And so, yeah, I already wrote that. So I know that, or I knew that. And I'm not super old, but I'm older to where I don't have everything on the tip of my tongue anymore. So it's more being reminded than some eureka moment. Oh my goodness. I never knew that. 
if anything, I get that from Rich with his arcane stories because he's telling me things that I couldn't know because they're from his personal experience. He's able to tell detailed stories succinctly. And that is an amazing quality. And so I think, well, Rich, thank you, because I didn't know that. I didn't experience that. And now I can understand more fully. So that's kind of the way I look at it. Where are you getting your new knowledge of old stuff? Every day. I mean, I learn from people like Mark Hoyle, who's got the most insane collection I've ever seen as far as type cards, right? There's stuff focused on the Red Sox, but it's yeah. Just amazing the stuff out there. I used to, I wonder if Mark has this. Now I know he has it. Hadn't he seen it all? So people like that. I have a extreme moral dilemma. And we're getting off script here, but I think he's a really good guy. Mark Coyle. Okay. I have the only card he's missing. <laughs> the uh, Williams. The what is it? Williams uh, Gaudi Premium. Premium. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> I just feel horrible because... <laughs> I have it. It's That's not, the one he needs. It's the only card this wonderful, serious collector yeah. guy needs. Right. But it's actually quite valuable. Unfortunately, yeah. my copy is in really, really good condition. <laughs> but I'm just thinking, you know, this is not a card that I normally display. Right. I am going to put it out. But it, He's constantly searching for that thing, constantly. I mean, I got it not 50 years ago, 40 years ago, I'm sure I got it. Right. Actually, it may not be the one he's looking for. It's the Canadian Gaudi version. Well, I guarantee he doesn't have that then. That's even tougher. And I got yeah. that in a buying trip somewhere in Ontario. Yeah. London, I think. I used to go to the Toronto show. But I think I got that on a buying trip. And just a, a beautiful card. So, yeah. moral dilemma. There's a limit. I mean, the random acts of kindness, does that stop at four figures or five figures? I just don't know. Some of these young people... If somebody gave me a $10,000 random act of kindness, I don't think I would just say thank you. I, I would feel pressure to, gosh, I, I'm not going to write him just a handwritten note. Right. Belt. It's almost like, is there an implicit trade there that I need to find out what they're looking for and match them? Plus, it's tied to his persona. If that were just to, somebody just to give it's that. It's just one and only. It, it wouldn't mean the same, maybe. I know. You know. Like, And then he'd be in his room what's next and he'd have to quit yeah it's like william shatner just went up in the space where he came back and he said he was so disappointed because he realized nothing else on his bucket list or what yeah it was more of a disappointment a, a weight he felt that space wasn't the answer life is on earth and that's where everything is so he got up there his lifelong dream to go into space and it was a dud for him continue with the mark Hoyle example because he's a real right. guy a real good guy and he has only one card in the whole world. He's like, or maybe two now. <laughs> two, two. Yeah, two. Okay. But the thing is, I can't promise him that when I die, he'll get the card. Right. Because right. if I did, that's putting a burden on my wife. Yeah. As well as being in a situation where there's other guys that want really tough cards. Where exactly. I have, not necessarily the only one, but I have some really good cards. And that's why I don't subscribe to having a Grail card. To me, it's never. I didn't been. try. <laughs> no, but I know this isn't your, but I'm saying, Mark, it's like Mark, yeah. that there is no end of the trail for me. It's a continuation. And sure, there's milestones, but to me. Especially because now he's put it out there. Yeah. Put, I read that. I read that and I thought, oh my goodness, I have that card. <laughs> Can I, in good conscience, keep it buried uh, in a box? It's in a box. If people came over here in my back house, I have cards and in my wall of fame. And if they were to take, the cards that they saw, they would not be able to find that Ted Williams. Right. 
because it's buried. They would never find it. Right. Okay. There's right. ways to get that from you. Okay. Someday down the road, Maybe. it's charitable donations, stuff like that. I'm not talking about next don't, week or next year, 10 years, 20 years, or whatever. Don't broker me. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just saying there's creative ways to get around. Maybe. You know, my job in life, if somebody puts a wall up, if there's a problem, you go around it, over it, under it, or through it. There's ways around things that it could be mutually agreed upon. Fair enough. 